again and welcome to the latest episode of Curving Conversation. Last month we heard from dancer, choreographer and director Akram Khan about his reimagining of Rudyard Kipling's much-loved family classic Jungle Book. We also previewed Grey Eye Theatres, The Parody Files and this summer's community production Finding Home, Leicester's Ugandan Asian Story, which will mark the 50th anniversary of the Ugandan Asian Exodus. Now if you missed any of the previous episodes, don't forget they are still available and also make sure you check out the latest brochure or go to curveonline.co.uk to see all the exciting things coming up later this year. Now in this episode we're going to preview the Let's Dance International Frontiers Festival 2022 with Serendipity CEO and Artistic Director Paulette Brooks MBE. And we'll also be talking to West End and Broadway actress Sally Ann Triplett. But first, the award-winning, world-renowned Billy Elliot the Musical is getting a new look this summer in a brand new Made at Curve production directed by Nikolai Foster and choreographed by Lucy Hind. It's the story of a young boy in County Durham in the mid-1980s who falls in love with ballet at a time when Margaret Thatcher was at her most powerful, men worked the mines and boys were expected to box. The musical is based on Stephen Doldry's acclaimed 2000 film with music by Elton John and book and lyrics by Lee Hall. As you can hear, some of the very first rehearsals are already underway. Some of the younger members of the Billy Elliot company are here, so I've come into the rehearsal room at Curve to meet them and see how they're getting on so far. Hi, I'm Matisse. I'm from Leicester. Hi, I'm Lily. I'm from Leicester. Hi, I'm Ava. I'm from Leicester. Hi, I'm Isla. I'm from Derby. So, morning, guys. Just tell me what you've been doing so far. So... Yesterday we did, we had some experience with boxing, we had a coach come in, we did some music work with George who's our pianist and we had a little overview of what we're going to be doing from our director Nikolai. Yeah, as Matisse said we've been doing boxing and we had like people teaching us how to box, we did a bit of vocal work and we learnt the Billy Elliot accent as well and it was a very good experience because we did make friends that we've never met before and it was a very nice experience to do as well. So it's a fun experience. Do you go to a stage school? Do you have dance lessons or anything? Yeah. And what do you do there? Lots of acting, dancing. So I encouraged me to come along here. Was it exciting coming for an audition? Yeah, it was really fun. The audition was really fun. I go to Affinity Dance School, which is in Stapleford. And today we've been doing the opening bit because we've been told that we're going to act it out, but we don't know what to say when we act it out. So we've been sorting out who's going to say what. And that's been fun as well, hasn't it? Because you've been trying different things out. Yeah. So they're still trying to find that out, but... So far we're trying different people to make it easier for them to find out. So we each like chose a number and then we went in front of like the director and the choreographer and stuff and then we read it all out and I think they chose groups that we're doing right now and then we're going to read it again. I'm not sure what for, <laughs> but it was really fun. I mean, it's early days, isn't it? You've got quite a long way to go yet, and it's just a really nice thing to do, isn't it? Yeah, it's really good. It's a great experience. Any of you, have you done professional shows before? This is going to be my second professional show, but it's probably going to be one where I'm having a bigger role in it as in some other shows that I've done. I've been even more of a background character in Billy Elliot. I don't know if I've said before, but I'll be playing as a boxing boy. But... Overall, I'm really, really just looking forward to it, just so, so much. Now, does anybody know the show? Have you seen the show? I watched it with my mum and dad. And this was in London, was it? 
No, I watched it on the telly, actually. Now, this is going to be very different because this is a brand new production. It's really exciting to be part of something that's new as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be very different from what people have seen and it's going to be actually very surprising because we don't want to, like, copy the original one and we want to add a bit of, like, our version, Leicester version into it. We won't say any more because we don't want to give it away, do we? But it's very, very different. So what's your favourite song? Anybody got any favourite songs? My favourite song would probably be Solidarity because I like the tune of it and I like the way that the men voices clash with the women voices in a really nice way. It's probably going to be expressing yourself just because of the sort of fun-loving feel to it, the sort of attributes and the connotations behind sort of the whole even idea of expressing yourself. And it's about being you, being who you are and staying true to yourself. It relates to Billy Elliot because... Just because he's a boy, he doesn't have to do boxing. He can also do ballet. We're all equal and we can do different things. We don't have to stick. Boys do boxing or boys like the colour blue or boys have to wear boy shirts and girls have to do the same. Like, we're all equal, as I said, and we can do everything. Well, listen, guys, you're all doing a fabulous job, so just enjoy the rest of the day's rehearsals and thank you so much for talking to me. Later in this episode, we're going to be talking to West End and Broadway actress Sally Ann Triplett, who plays Mrs. Wilkinson, Billy's ballet teacher. But first, just stepping outside the rehearsal room to talk to choreographer Lucy Hind. How are you, Lucy? And uh, how's the day gone so far? Oh, it's so thrilling. I mean, we're exhausted <laughs> with the joy of it. We've just had a room full of enthusiastic and brilliant kids with uh, such a skill and talent. I've just loved meeting them all and putting them through their paces. We've been doing some ballet class today and a bit of training. They've been learning some music, but it's um, that kind of the joy, exhilaration and exhaustion of the first day. Tell us a bit about yourself, because I think in terms of musical theatre, the turning point for you was probably the opening ceremony of the Paralympic <laughs> Games in 2012, wasn't it? Absolutely. Good spot. Yeah, I w- I'm a movement director originally and still do lots of movement directing work. But my move into musicals was probably that, yeah, back in 2012 and, and looking at mass movement and looking at numbers. And I learned from the most fantastic people um, and started to see how numbers and systems and staging and blocking can come into musicals which I love because I always imagined musical choreographers to be able to just have a wide variety of dance styles under their belt and they work in a studio and they come and they teach and that is a skill which is it's amazing I don't have that but what I do have is naturalistic staging and numbers and um, counting in a turn and sort of balancing things and pictures and then naturalistic movements so movement that comes from storytelling and gesture and character so well, that's interesting because musical theatre has changed and yes. is, is evolving as it always will and when you look at contemporary musical theatre not musicals in a commercial sense Mm. they are more naturalistic aren't they because they're representing real life in the 21st century absolutely and you know we're competing with Netflix and uh, and Disney Plus and and a world in which you can choose exactly what you want to see all the time so we have to be making work which really connects quite deeply with people and the world of traditional musicals will always need to be there we need the escape the beauty of it and I adore traditional musicals but definitely, again, the big shift for me was um, Go From the North Country. We just had no idea what that was before we started. And that is a show I've been making for about five years now. And learning how that works and learning how 
we can make our own rules in a musical um, and people still have no idea what to call it and I love that kind of evades description and going right what do audiences want to see how do we still tell stories really naturalistic stories and allow songs to seamlessly shift without it feeling like a number starting now that's where I feel like I'm lucky that I jumped on that wave and was able to move through this new style and, and you know I'm standing on the shoulders of giants of people like Stephen Hoggett who in musicals like Once and now Cursed Child and all their his incredible legacy of work he's paved the way for movement directors to do musicals yeah. as well so I feel really lucky that I was able to jump in the pool so to speak well it's all about storytelling isn't it yes this one is a dream job for so many people is this is that the same for you absolutely of course it is it's a show which is deeply loved and very well known and no other version exists so in that way it is a dream job it's also a terrifying job <laughs> you know I I've, there's so many people who constantly say to me how on earth are you going to do that and um, again speak of standing on the shoulder of the giants you know the choreography that's in the show is some of the best I've ever seen mm-hmm. and that legacy is a scary one to follow I think what I always say is when I find myself getting a bit overwhelmed by it and not knowing what I'm going to do is I, I heard a wonderful thing on the radio the other day a musician who said that the answer is often sleeping in the question and I think that's what you mean about storytelling as well as coming back to the questions and going why does this boy dance in this moment what is this moment what is he feeling How, why does he express himself in this way rather than what is that moment because I think often we move to the end image in our head and go I have to find that solution whereas if I just constantly go back to the scripts and Conor McPherson I learned that from him and Girl from the North Country as well as he used to say you'll know it when you see it and trusting that and going back to the story and going back to the characters and letting them find it and they'll show you and then pulling it out and pulling it together the truth of it is what's important yeah. um, for me and for the story I think that's the only way you retell a story that is this exquisite and a production that is this well loved is to say I'm not going to re invent it I'm just going to go back to the beginning and approach it like it's a brand new story for me Um, and I'm very excited and equally terrified well I tell you what you have it's evident from being in the rehearsal room today you have a fabulous way with the young people involved in the cast in this show and I mean it's the biggest group you'll ever have because obviously they'll be split up for performances Mm. but you've held the retention you've got the best out of them they've had a ball doing it as well (laughs) and I wonder if that's part of the CBB stuff that you've done as well because you've got a great relationship with the kids oh thank you I do I think it's important that we even for grown-ups you have to be having a good time I know that it's kind of underrated it's you know again the end product get it right but I am I I only keep doing this because I adore it (laughs) and the way you get the best out of people and the way you get to see the truth of them is for them to feel comfortable so keeping them happy and keeping them comfortable is important I also think that we can all move and the same way we were saying with musicals today is quite often they cast we're casting actors as well as movers so it's bringing everybody up to the confidence that they have and and the CBBs I definitely learned a lot from in fact I filmed one of those here at the Curve so it's lovely to be back here um, that is about you know CBBs is wonderful at, at at knowing what people connect to and I learned loads about young people and and little ones and I have a little one too and going what the sometimes the simplest things are the things that he remembers and the things that he connects to because we're all I see the little ones dancing and they're so free yeah and that's the stuff you want to join in with and if you think about the cult movement over the years that people remember and do you think of Eurovision a couple years ago the Iceland entry that dance just spread across the world and if you look at the actual moves I think that was Lee Proud who did that one just the joy of them they're not 
dance moves traditionally, but they are dance moves. Yeah. And they are fantastic. And there's a regular people who we traditionally go, oh, they can't dance. <laughs> and they are smashing it. And we all started doing those moves. I think you're right. Baby Shark. Oh, um, stop. Uh, Gangnam please. Style. Yes, all of those. All of, all of those. They're just silly. Listen, you're having a ball already. <laughs> You've am. got a lot of work to do, so we'll leave you to it. Thank Lucy, thank you for talking to us. You're so welcome. It's lovely. Thanks for joining us. Well, there'll be more from the Billy Elliot rehearsal room later, but in the meantime, the 12th annual Let's Dance International Frontiers returns at the end of April. International Dance Day, by the way, with two shows at Curve in May, Signatures and Ballet Hispanico. The festival showcases new work from local emerging talent right the way through to internationally acclaimed companies. So far, Let's Dance International Frontiers has supported no less than 280 artists from over 46 countries. Here to preview the festival is Paulette Brooks, MBE, the CEO and Artistic Director. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. Good to meet you, Martin. Tell us a little bit about the festival, how it began, and a bit about the history of serendipity. The two things started at the same time, and basically it started from going to another city to see a dance show, not being very happy with it, and deciding that we used to have a festival in Leicester, let's reinstate it. Applying for a small grant um, from the Arts Council, which I did, which was something like um, £9,800, and the festival was born on that grant, as was Serendipity um, 12 years ago and it started at the curve as well because the curve was around then and it's grown from just being in the rehearsal room to this year we've got the main stage and it's not just grown locally but its reputation has grown internationally hasn't it yes we have grown internationally as well i mean it is very much an international festival with people from all over the world and with one of the biggest publishers of work on black dance as well so the publications work well but it's just the fact that we find emerging artists as well as established companies that have not performed in the UK before so whether it was um, Kyle Abrahams who's all over London at the moment or Jimena Cogney bringing her back Bally Hispanico or Philodanko. Philodanko is the training ground for people like Alvin Ailey or Dance Theatre of Harlem they go to Philodanko first so bringing these companies first to the UK and then from there they get seen get recognition and go on to perform in other parts of the country but we tend to bring really high-end international companies that have not done the UK before. And this is just the tip of the iceberg in terms of what you've been able to achieve in an incredible career so far from your work with the Arts Council to the Bernie Grant Arts Centre. I just don't know how you managed to fit it all in if I'm honest Paulette. (laughs) I mean I love the arts I mean it's always been my passion I've been very privileged to be involved in the arts from a child straight through to adulthood you know so whether it's when you're a swing as a child to stuffing envelopes and my first job at Contact Theatre in Manchester, to being the artistic director of the People Centre, CEO of Rich Mix. I feel very privileged that I've been able to follow my passion and stay within the arts and cultural sector. Now, of course, thousands of people will have come to the previous 12 years of this festival. But for those people who are coming this year, what can they expect in 2022? We've not ever had the main stage before, but we've got the main stage with one of the world's most brilliant dance companies. Valley Hispanico just combines 
everything in terms of the quality and excellence of their work. They're doing a triple bill, so there's three different pieces that will appeal to different people's taste in terms of um, contemporary sort of ballet and fusion of their heritage in terms of being um, from the Latinx community. It'll be their debut in England. They've never performed in England before. If you love dance and have a passion for quality music and beautiful movement and synergy with that movement, then Bali Hispanico is the thing for you. In terms of signatures, what signatures allows and the Black British Dance Platform is we did the Black British Dance Platform last year at Curve during lockdown and we had to film that. And this year we're able to do it in person in terms of the uh, the Black British Dance Platform, which is invited um, and got presenters coming from um, South Africa. We've got them coming from Germany, Spain, Italy. So there's different presenters coming to see that work with a view that it helps to catapult um, the careers of our talent so it's just not about importing work it's about looking to export work as well and then signatures we've got emerging artists uh, on that platform from a very very local to a little bit further afield an artist from Trinidad and again you're going to get to see some quality work that we've not had here before with the Trinidadian artist Jamie Philibert we're going to get introduced to Kalinda and Kalinda is like a martial art with sticks it's beautiful usually you see men doing it but on this occasion we've got female artist and it's absolutely going to be phenomenal and we've also got our annual conference which will be held at the curve as well which is the title of the the whole festival in situ responding to space place people and time and that again will bring i think for the conference alone there's 11 artists from different countries and i said that the uh, festival always opens on International Dance Day, which this year is on the 29th of April. And on that day, you have a brand new commission this year, don't you? Yes, we've been really privileged to commission uh, in terms of a new composition by Philip Herbert. Philip Herbert, for those that don't know him, wrote the original score for Stephen Lawrence. And so he, we've commissioned him to write um, Simon Calls to an Elusive Journey, which is the essence of Windrush, is what that's about. But we've also commissioned a Jamaican choreographer called Monique Jonas. So on the first night we will see sirens in the Victorian gallery at Newark Museum with live music as well so the it's a classical piece with a quartet which will be live and new choreography we're going to redo that on the second night at the Sioux Townsend but with a Trinidadian choreographer who will not have seen the work from the Jamaican choreographer and we're filming it all to create a short film so we can just look at their interpretation of the music their interpretation of Windrush, what it actually means to them as choreographers and just see if they go on the same path in terms of, because neither have seen each other's work. And that then comes out in October as part of Black History Month as a new documentary film which will showcase the film with all the different artists and composer and choreographers, but also have a roundtable discussion around it and also masterclasses around the different dance techniques that we will see in that choreography. Now, the other great thing about 2022, not just the fact that the festival is back in front of audiences, but earlier this year you picked up an MBE. You must have been delighted with that. And it's great to see your work recognised, isn't it? It is fantastic. It's very humbling, actually, um, because you don't see these things coming. You're always 
beavering away and getting on with the work and I don't see it as a recognition to me but as to the team and their dedication and all the people that I've worked with because you're only ever as good as the people that you're working with in terms of their hard work their dedication and them getting on board with the vision and the things that you're working with so I really do see that it's acknowledgement of all the people that I've had the privilege to work with. And as you said earlier on in the whole 12 year life and journey of this festival you've been involved with Curve right the way through serendipity is a curve associate organization of course uh, what does that relationship actually uh, with the theater mean to you it's well starters curve is like one of the best theaters in the country so we need to start with that in terms of its equipment its accessibility and the things that it's able to do and for us to be able to bring international companies to one of the best equipped venues that's brilliant most people dream to do that and so it's been a really good partnership and we've been able to grow the festival over the years with um, the curve and we do so many different things with them so it's it's a bit of a kudos to be able to say that it's fantastic and you know when you're dealing with the different companies and different sizes and scales you know that you can do anything so like this year one of the artists is doing aerial work and you don't have to worry about that because you know it's got the flying capacity it can do the things that you need it to do that's not always the case and sometimes you have to cut your cloth accordingly in terms of the venues that are available and we're lucky that we've got one of the best equipped venues in the country and it's about the the heart of the venue as well isn't it it's inclusiveness it's community aspect it's a very warm and uh, open building for all well it reflects the the richness of the city in terms of its diversity it, you know it embraces um, uh, festivals whether it's from the spark festival which is for children or to straight through to ldif you know or black history month which we do later on in the year people feel that they come come along and see things i saw akron car there very diverse audience um seeing that work so yes um it speaks to the demography of the city well we're excited about the 12th annual let's dance international frontiers festival which begins on the 29th of april two shows at curve in may signatures we've spoken about and ballet hispanico and paulette thank you for talking to us thank you for your time And here we are again outside the rehearsal room in Curve, where I've been joined by the actress who plays Mrs Wilkinson in Billy Elliot. She's appeared on Broadway and in the West End numerous times. She's even represented the UK twice at the Eurovision Song Contest. She is Sally Ann Triplett. Welcome to Leicester and welcome to Curve. Thank you very much. It's very exciting to be here. And when I turn the corner, I've never been to the theatre before. And I have so many friends that have just said amazing things about the theatre, the space, the vibe of it. And when I turn the corner, I honestly, I was so gobsmacked. It's incredible. So welcoming. It's just the big posters and the, it just, you just want to walk in. It's wonderful. Well, it's a buzzing place at the moment. There is so much going on here, but get used to that because it's like that every single day. Oh, that's lovely. Let's talk about you for a little bit because I, I don't want to dwell too much on Eurovision, but that's <laughs> my first memory of you. Prima Donna, first of all, I remember, and then Bardo. But where did it start for you? Was it music, first of all, or was it theatre, or was it always a mix of the both? If I'm really honest, it was music first. Although I went to arts educational and I trained to be a dancer and, I, and then I studied singing and, I, and then I was doing acting lessons. But I always loved 
singing, doing recording, being in a pop band, and then I was in my own band, and I, I just loved it. And I kind of look back now and think, I wish I'd done a lot more of it. Mm. And then I, I kind of stopped with the Eurovision and the band and everything, and I started auditioning for theatre, and it just kind of went from there, really, and I, I never looked back and never looked back on what I used to do. So um, I was glad that I did it, though, because it, I don't know, it, I feel like it's given me a kind of a different take and a different edge on, on things that I do. It's interesting, looking back at the early 1980s when you were uh, involved, in fact, you're one of maybe four people who've represented the UK twice, but it's not a million miles away from the time of the miners' strike, really, is it? So this is the sort of time that Billy Elliot is set in. Yeah, I mean, I think it's 1985 that it's set. I mean, London, obviously, is completely different to being up in Durham in, in 1985, but it's actually kind of handy for me because I, I know what it felt like yeah. to a certain extent. I mean, I wasn't in any way political back then, although Margaret Thatcher was my constituent so I come from Finchley okay. and she was my constituent and when I was at school my little sort of growing up um, nursery and then infant junior school we went on a trip to House of Parliament and we met Maggie Thatcher wow. in the corridors of House of Parliament because they, they were like well these are the kids from Moss Hall at, you, know, um, you know in Finchley mm. and of course you know stopped and talked to us but um, <laughs> it's the best decade for music of all time. I mean, for me anyway, it's just the music of the 80s is, is incredible. So much was going on. We'll dig all that up when we start rehearsals about the minor strike and everything. I mean, I'm, I'm from North London, so that part of the world for me is sort of an unknown thing, although I did work on a show called The Last Ship with Sting's musical, and that yes. was set in, in um, Wall's End in, in, in Newcastle. So... Um, I know about the shipbuilding. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to kind of finding out about those things. I just wanted to ask you whether you had a feeling of the Iron Lady when you met her. I know, obviously, it was formative years for you, but did you have any uh, idea of that sort of persona, the Iron Lady, almost royalty-type persona she had? I do, actually. And, I mean, I really wasn't political. I was so just into my dancing, and I used to go dancing every single day. I think Sunday was my only day off. So I wasn't really... But I knew... In fact, I remember it. I can remember her walking towards us on this little corridor, and I remember it, her, the presence of her. Yeah. And, um, and actually, she was really lovely and kind and and um you know we were the kids from her constituency but she was lovely and took time to talk to us but I do remember it's like you know I, I was I met Tom Cruise once he came backstage and just being in the presence of someone like that it's it's palpable you can feel their presence is so strong you've done so many different things in the West End Broadway uh, and elsewhere I wonder how this compares because it's a time period that you can relate to. And I mean, Sweeney Todd, for instance, is history, isn't it? Whereas it, this is a time period that you can relate to, the backdrop of Arthur Scargill and Maggie Thatcher and all that was going on at that time. It's slightly different, isn't it? I much prefer it to something that's absolutely set now. I think when something's set now, it's like, okay, what do you want me to go with, you know? So I much prefer it to that. Playing, you know, love it in Sweeney Todd is... 
you know, you can jump straight into what you think it might have been. Mm. But you're right, like doing something from the mid 80s, for me anyway, I, I think it's just brilliant because I know what we wore, I know what, you know, our makeup was like, I, I know what the music was, I know what the nightclub scenes were like, I, I know a lot of that kind of history. Mm and what, what um, family life was like. And I know that the Billy Elliot is based on this book of pictures yes. of the ballet schools from, from Durham, and they are really very much like the ballet school that I went to around the corner. Miss Hughes was so strict, and Miss Melody, the daughter, was more like um, Mrs. Mrs. Wilkinson. You know, she was strict, but she was kind of fun. And a, she was a, I'm not saying I'm going to be, but she was, she was the most brilliant dancer. Unbelievable yeah. dancer. And um, things like that, like things like all the power cuts that we used to have back yeah. then. And there were so many power cuts. We used to go to ballet and ballet was never cancelled. And we all had a little candle under our chair. So you all take a chair out for our ballet bar, because we didn't have any ballet bars. And um, if you were really tall, you'd have like four chairs stacked up. And underneath each chair was a little candle so that we could still do our class. Yeah. And um, the Beverly sisters' daughters, this is going to sound like nothing to a lot of people, but the Beverly sisters' daughters, they went to our ballet school and they used to sit in the, you know, the three of them dressed like triplets. Yeah, yeah. And just amazing memories that really remind me of those pictures that I've looked at. But obviously if it's grounded in reality, it's all the more believable to an audience, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, the thing for me to work out is just sort of how... I don't know, desperate Mrs. Wilkinson is, how she's given given up on life and this kind of shining star comes along and, and I just think it brings up a lot of stuff for her, like, I could have done that, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, maybe my life's not over. Who do I think I am teaching this kid? I'm not even a good teacher. Cause... So lots of stuff like that. So that's to be decided. And there are know? lots of themes, obviously, that, that run through it. But one of them is, and it's interesting that you went to ballet uh, yourself. Were there any boys in your ballet class? There were, actually. There, were, there was a boy called Christopher who ended up going to the Royal Ballet School who was incredible beautiful another guy called mark davis who ended up we ended we went to college together and I, he's still one of my friends now so he, i i think he joined when he was about 10 11 um i started when i was two so i was and then he joined and maybe one other but there were very there was like hundreds and hundreds of girls and probably three boys we said about all the incredible things you've done west end broadway and elsewhere but you it seems to me that you are so excited about this one i really am i'm i have done a lot of stuff and i've been lucky enough to do amazing things like i guess anything goes at the national was incredible actually sweeney todd down in in new york that was amazing i did next to normal in singapore there are these jobs that come along that you kind of, when you do them, you don't realise how good they are. Yeah. But Billy Elliot, for me, is a special one because I'm such a fan of the film. And my son, who's now 31, he actually auditioned for, uh, in the beginning, for, yeah. for one of the Billies. And he, he loved the film and we used to watch it together and we used to cry together. And then I worked with, with Julie Waters on Acorn Antiques. So, um, <laughs> and, and people sometimes say that I'm similar to Julie. So it kind of feels really nice. It feels like putting a pair of old shoes on in a way. 
and and I'm a mum and you know sometimes as an actor you can get sort of oh I don't know what to do with this line and having a load of kids around or I say this now in about a couple of hours time I'll be like oh get me home but no I'm, I'm joking I'm a mum and um, there's nothing more thrilling than having kids around you. We are so delighted to see you on the Curve stage for the first time and hopefully not the last. I know. Thank you. Oh thanks so much indeed. And that brings to an end another episode of Curve in Conversation. Don't forget to check out all of the other episodes and make sure you subscribe to the series so that you don't miss out in the future. Don't forget Billy Elliot opens at Curve in July and tickets are on sale now and there is still so much more to come. Everything from The Play That Goes Wrong and Maggie May to The Da Vinci Code and The School of Rock. So make sure you join me next month when we'll be talking about some of those shows and meeting the new artist development and new work producer Julia Thomas. I'll see you then.